Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce that I'm working on my next book. The title is Reclaim Your Digestive Health and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your GI Distress with Natural Treatments. This book should be ready later this year, so keep an eye out for that. All right, that's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm very excited about this week's show because my special guest is Dr. Jade Tita. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Jade is an integrative physician, author, and sought-after expert in the realm of metabolism and self-development. He's spent the last 25 years immersed in the study of strength and conditioning, hormonal metabolism, and the psychology of change and success. He's written several books, including the bestsellers Metabolic Effect Diet and Metabolic Aftershock. He has also contributed both the exercise and sports nutrition chapters for the textbook of natural medicine. Jay, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Hey, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be talking to you and your guests. So I loved uh, for us to talk today about metabolism and the metabolic effect diet and a little bit about mindset too. You know, a lot of patients come in and they're struggling. They want to get healthy again. They want to lose weight. And they're stuck in this uh, this uh, aspect of they think they need to eat less to lose the weight to have a healthy metabolism, but it's like backwards, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. It is definitely backwards. And I feel bad for all the listeners on the line because in a very real way, um, you all have been given sort of uh, information that is uh, incomplete at best and completely wrong at worst. And so part of what I do, my job, my clinical practice is really helping people understand what the metabolism actually is, how it functions, how it is different from person to person. And once you understand that, all of a sudden, you start to realize that this uh, game that you've been playing, this eat less, exercise more, deprive and then binge, and all the things that we all do, myself included, does not work, is not correct, and is actually leading to your metabolism becoming more dysfunctional rather than healthier. And so that is what uh, we really need to understand. So let me just give you some basics, if I can, really quickly. Most people, and you alluded to this, Carrie, in sort of your introduction, most people think that if they uh, eat less or exercise more and lose some weight, 
right, they will automatically get a balanced metabolism. That's how they think it works, right? They're told, hey, look, do this, take in less food, whether that be calories or carbs, do some more exercise, and as a result of that, you're going to lose weight, and as a result of that, you will have a balanced metabolism. And anyone who's ever been on a diet knows that is completely wrong and backwards because what happens when you eat less and exercise more? You don't feel balanced, do you? Your hunger goes up, your energy becomes uh, unpredictable and unstable, your cravings go through the roof. That's anything but balanced. And so the real way it works is that first you need to balance your metabolism. And as a result of that, you will oftentimes eat less and exercise more naturally. And as a result of that, you will begin to lose weight. So can you see how these two things are completely backwards? That's how people need to understand this. You get the metabolism balanced first, and then it starts working for you instead of trying to force it into this eat less exercise state, which almost always backfires. And and before I stop, I'll just give everyone who's listening a little bit of statistics here. 95%, and it's probably greater than this, but 95% of people who go on eat less, exercise more diets, if, and this is a big if, if they're able to get the results, any results at all, they will gain the weight back, 95%, and 66% will actually end up fatter. So diets have been proven in research. They've actually been proven not to work. Conclusively, research has shown diets don't work. Yet we continue to go down this path of dieting. Okay, so that was so well explained, and I think our listeners are all tracking along with you. So let's move forward and talk about metabolism, because we all hear that word, but I'm not sure everybody really understands what that word really means. So can you explain that in like everyday language? Yep, absolutely. Think about it like this. The metabolism is just the way your body seeks balance. That's all it really is. And hormones, which are the tools of the metabolism, are just simply internal mailmen. You know how your mailman delivers you a message that says, hey, you know, someone wrote you and here's what they have to say about the subject? Well, that's what, that's what hormones do for your metabolism. Uh, when you are stressed out, adrenaline and cortisol Tell the brain, send a message to the brain, an internal mail system that says, hey, brain, we're stressed out. Let's do something about it. Then the brain sends messages to the, to the uh, uh, pituitary gland and to the adrenal glands, to the thyroid and uh, to uh, the gonads. And then they say, hey, here's what you need to do in response to this stress. So hormones are simply your internal messaging system. Metabolism is simply your way of staying balanced. And so... Your, your metabolism is changeable, and that's what you need to understand. Your metabolism is always changing. And so when I say the first thing you need to do is get your metabolism balanced, first you need to understand what are the signs and symptoms that tell me that my metabolism is out of balance. Well, you have biofeedback clues, just like a detective finds clues. You have biofeedback systems that tell you if your metabolism is balanced or not. I just explained some of them. Hunger, energy, cravings, or HEC, or what I like to call HEC. If your HEC is in check, your hunger, energy, and cravings are in check, then your metabolism is balanced. 
If heck is out of check, you know your metabolism is out of balance. Now, here's the trick here. If your metabolism is out of balance and your heck is out of check, how on earth can you possibly eat less and exercise more for any length of time? You can't, can you? Your body is pushing back against you. So the one thing you need to understand about the metabolism, it is not a calculator like many people have told you. And it is also not a chemistry set like many people have told you. If we're going to use simplistic models about the metabolism, probably the best model to use is a seesaw or a yo-yo or a pendulum or maybe a thermostat. Any system that when you push on it will have an equal opposite reaction back against you. That's how the metabolism works. And why does the metabolism do that? Because its job is to keep you in balance. So when you do something that throws it out of balance, it will respond in kind. You stop eating, it makes you more hungry and have more cravings. You over-exercise, it saps your energy, increases hunger, increases cravings, maybe disrupts your sleep. You stress out, you have an illness. Any of these things, the metabolism puts you back into balance. And it does this with this internal male system, these hormonal system, these hormonal messengers, and that is what is driving metabolism. So here's the question then. The question is, okay, Jade, if my metabolism is just about keeping me in balance and uh, I go on a diet and eat less and exercise more and I start feeling my heck go out of check, then you're telling me that that is me throwing my metabolism out of balance. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And what are the consequences of that? The consequences of that are that you will end up regaining any weight that you've lost and then some. So it's really interesting, right? I'll give you guys, many people know about The Biggest Loser, the show. This, is all the, this was all the rage. Do you notice how you never hear much about any of these people years after? Because yeah, The Biggest yeah. Losers always become The Biggest Gainers. And what we don't understand is that the very nature of what we're trying to do to lose the weight the wrong way is exactly what causes our binging behavior several days, several weeks, or several months down the road. So that is what you need to understand about the metabolism. I know it's not a fun story. It's not something we want to jump up and down for joy about. But once you understand that, now we can start talking about solutions. Okay, so then that's a perfect segue into solutions. <laughs> how do we balance our metabolism and how do we get our heck in check? And can we even talk about that in the next 20 minutes? Yes, we absolutely <laughs> can. We absolutely can. Look, research knows an awful lot about what kinds of foods and what kinds of exercise increase uh, hunger and cravings and what kind of foods and exercise decrease hunger and cravings. So heck is a very simplistic model. You know, we used to talk about, you know, Carrie, I know you're, you and I love this stuff. We can talk about hormones all day long. And a lot of people used to get overly enamored with all these hormones, insulin, leptin, cortisol, adrenaline, neuropeptide Y, all these weird names, right? But when you really break down all these hormones, really the, the end result of that is do they keep, keep heck in check or not? If those hormones are balanced, heck will be in check. If they're not balanced, heck will be out of check. Now, here's the thing to understand. There are several different things to think about here. Number one is there are some foods based on research that we know will suppress hunger and suppress cravings. There's also types of exercise that we know that will do that. And I'm going to cover that with you in just a minute. But I want to put one caveat in here for everyone. The thing to understand about the metabolism is that everybody's metabolism is different. 
And so another fallacy of the weight loss world and the metabolism world and the health and fitness world is that there is one perfect way of doing something, that there's one diet out there that you find. That is not true at all. What you need to do is create the perfect program for yourself based on an understanding of your individual metabolism, your psychology even, and even your personal preferences. So I want to say that first before I give you some of the research-based stuff because the research regresses everything to the mean, which means it's about averages. It talks about the average effect. But humans are not average. We're all unique. And so when I give you this information, it, you need to understand it's just a starting point. And then you need to use your clues from your metabolism. Is your heck in check or not? And then adjust this approach. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. So what I'm going to tell you is sort of the structure, a basic structure, a starting place. But then what you want to do is you want to take that starting place as you begin, start measuring the balance of your metabolism, is heck in check or not, and then you adjust the approach based on your response to it. So let's cover some of this uh, here in just a minute. Macronutrients. Some of you may or may not know what those are, but macronutrients are things like fat, things like protein, things like carbohydrate. Those macronutrients have varying effects on heck, on hunger, energy, and cravings. Protein, fiber, and water are very hunger suppressing. They satiate you. And so we know through research that on average, foods that are higher in protein Foods that are higher in water and foods that are higher in fiber are very satiating. So an example of this would be, um, you know, uh, chicken breast and broccoli, right, is a very satiating meal. The problem with chicken and broccoli is that you can eat chicken and broccoli, right? You might be full, but you're going to not necessarily be dessert full, right? Have you ever had a meal where you eat and you're like, I'm stuffed, but then I can still, I still am craving something else? So that's only one part of it. You want your meals to be rich in protein, fiber, and water. Lean meats, uh, you know, vegetables, uh, lots of that stuff. That we know is going to be a good base to balance your metabolism. That will help with hunger. But what about the craving part of heck? We need to feel satisfied with our meals as well, don't we? And so then what you want to do is you want to take just enough, but not too much, starch, sugar, salt, fat, and sort of sprinkle it on like condiments onto this protein, fiber, and water base. So let's take that chicken, breast, and broccoli meal, and now let's maybe add a pat of butter onto the, the broccoli. Make it organic butter if you want, right? But you put some fat on there. Maybe you put half of a baked potato or a quarter of a baked potato or maybe a small amount of starch on there as well. And so now what you have is you have a meal that may or may not, for most people, stabilize heck. And this is how I start. So if you want to play detective with your metabolism, you start with protein, fiber, and water, chicken, and broccoli. And then you measure your heck response to that. Is my heck in check or is my heck not in check with that particular meal? If it's not in check, then the next time, the next day, the next meal you begin to add in these other satisfying elements, maybe a little bit of fat for you, maybe fat works, maybe for your husband or wife, it's starch that does the trick, maybe for other people it's adding a little bit of spice or salt, and everyone has to find their own mix. 
And the way you know it is working is when this diet, this diet that you are creating, keeps heck in check for the next four to six hours so that you're not craving or hungry for other things. You'll know you have it right when that dinner meal makes it less likely that you want wine or dessert after dinner or that you want to sit and snack on the couch. So hopefully that makes sense. And I'll stop there a minute, Carrie, if you want me to clarify some of those things. But ultimately, uh, I'm trying to make I'm trying to take a, a, a huge body of research and distill it down into a simple way for you to look at this. This there is going to be some trial and error here. But if you always keep in mind, protein, fiber and water are wonderful to keep heck in check. And then you need to sort of. Uh, based on personal preferences and psychology and your own taste, change that meal uh, slightly to fit you, you will end up finding that you can now effortlessly, and it only takes a few weeks to get this right, be able to choose meals and eat meals that keep you stable and keep your metabolism humming. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Jade, I love how you really simplified that. I love it. So again, just <laughs> Thank you. protein, fiber, water. And then see how you're doing with hunger, energy, cravings. And if your heck is not in check, to add whatever condiment works for you, for you specifically. If it's a little bit of fat, a little bit of salt, a little bit of starch. I love that. That makes total sense. Okay, you've got me on the edge of my seat. What is the next <laughs> thing we should do? All right, so the next thing, right, is so we talk about, we talk about food. Right. And there's a lot that goes in there. But let's talk about now exercise. Right. Because hopefully now you're seeing, wow, Jade, you mean to tell me that I can take this base understanding and create a diet, a meal plan that fits me in particular. And that's exactly what I'm telling you. And that's the only way it works, by the way. It's the only way it's ever worked. Any of your friends who you've met, who you've been like, wow, they just effortlessly seem to be able to stay lean. It's because either by accident or on purpose, they decided to create a meal plan that worked for them, or they stumbled across one, luckily, that worked for them. So that's the food piece. Now, the exercise piece also, you need to understand that when you exercise, the type of exercise you do, whether long exercise or intense exercise, whatever type of exercise you do, it's going to have an effect on your metabolism. So remember, we talked about the metabolism just is this apparatus that keeps your your body balanced, right? your system balanced. And so now when you exercise, you need to understand that it can either stabilize heck or not. And so we know a few things about this as well. Long duration exercise like jogging that we all sort of grew up on or we all hear cardiovascular exercise. We know from the research from years and years of research that this stuff is very healthy for the heart, very healthy for the heart and very good to help with mood. But what we also now know is that this stuff is notorious in its ability to throw heck out of check. And so what many people do is they'll say, well, you know what, Dr. Carey, Dr. Jade, I want to go on a diet. I'm going to eat less and I'm going to exercise more. And they choose lowering calories and don't understand this protein, fiber, water piece. And they choose running for long distance. And what happens is they throw their heck completely out of check and they last maybe four days before they go on a pizza or cheesecake binge. And so what people need to understand, all of you listening, is you need to understand that the exercise you do may be directly causing the food you eat. In other words, that long run that you're going on for 30, 60, 90 minutes may be the very reason three days later you're craving the cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory and overeating and feeling like a possessed demon because you can't shut down your hunger and cravings. 
This is what we need to understand. Exercise has the power to stabilize the metabolism and keep it balanced or make it unbalanced. So how can you use exercise to make it balanced? Now, before I go through this, I want to say, are there people who can do long-distance running and have a balanced metabolism? Absolutely they are. They happen to be people who are already good and lean to begin with. They happen not usually to be people who are overweight and need to lose weight to begin with. So that, you need to understand that. That is important to understand. There are some people, by the way, I have 25 years of experience in the personal training world. I can count on maybe one hand the number of obese people that I have seen in, in that amount of time who took up long-distance jogging and running and ended up losing the weight and keeping it off. Very small number of people, but they do exist. But you have to sort of understand that most people can't do that. So what works better? What works better is two types of exercise, intense short exercise and very long duration or very low intensity exercise like walking. So walking becomes the base because cortisol is a hormone that is notoriously uh, has a notorious ability to throw your metabolism out of check and cause cravings. Walking, slow walking is what I'm talking about here, Carrie. Slow walking, not power walking, not huffing and puffing walking, is one of the only forms of exercise that can lower cortisol and then take the edge off of cravings. And so what we want is we want a base of walking constantly. If you do nothing else, you want a base of walking. And this doesn't have to be pink dumbbell pumping the arms, power walking. As a matter of fact, we don't want that kind of walking. We want slow relaxing walking. And by the way, we as humans evolved with this type of movement. We weren't born to run. We were born to walk. That's what we're built for. And so you want to walk, 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 move, 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 move. And then you want to put enough, but not too much, intense, short duration exercise in the mix, maybe two or three sessions a week. So you might say, but Jade, I have no idea what you mean by intense, short duration exercise. Okay, well, I'll give you an example real quick. So you may want to take out your, your pen and copy this down. Let's take three different exercises. You don't even need weight for this. Let's do a push-up. Let's do a squat. And let's do a lunge. Okay? So what you're going to do is you're going to set, take out your mobile device, set the timer to 15 or 20 minutes, and I want you to do 12 push-ups followed by 12 squats followed by 12 lunges, and then repeat that again. 12 push-ups, 12 squats, 12 lunges. 12 push-ups, 12 squats, 12 lunges. Continue going in that circuit for 20 minutes. Now, what's going to happen, right? Imagine we're all doing this. Dr. Carey, Dr. Jade, you guys listening, we're all doing this workout together. What's going to happen? Well, maybe I can go three rounds of that before I have to rest. Maybe you have to drop to your knees or even do push-ups off the wall but you get one round and then you rest. And so imagine all of us just pushing until we can't and then resting until we can. We just go for 20 minutes, coming in and out of the workout as we see fit. The workout just continues. We push until we can't anymore. We take a rest and we get back into it and go again. As you can imagine, this is going to feel pretty intense to you. After 20 minutes, the timer goes off. You're done. Your workout's done. And, and what research has shown is this type of exercise compared to exercise that is longer in duration, can suppress appetite in the short run. As a matter of fact, have any of you ever done an exercise or workout where you kind of feel almost a little nauseous after the workout? That's what these types of workouts do. So for a very short time, they suppress appetite and cravings, which gives you a unique window 
to eat something healthy in that period of time to balance your metabolism. So now we have two types of exercise, this slow, low exercise, right? Very slow walking, low intensity, walking, relaxing, restorative, walk your dog, walk with a cup of coffee, walk and have a conversation with your significant other, walk and listen to an audio book, walk and smell the roses, right? And then we have these few scattered throughout the week, maybe, you know, depending on your, uh, you as an individual and your fitness level, maybe between one and four or five of these sort of 10 to 20 minute sessions using sort of this cardio weight training effect where you go fast through a circuit so you can get your heart rate up, you feel your muscles burning, you get all the benefits of the cardiovascular exercise and you get some of the benefits of the resistance training as well. But most importantly, these two types of exercise stabilize and balance heck, unlike some of the other types of exercise people do which throw heck off. Now you might say, but Jade, what if they don't do that for me? Because you did say it's individual, isn't it? And yes, it is individual. So you might need to do more or you might need to do less. So now we've added one more element to this metabolic detective equation. What we said is measure your heck based on the foods you're eating and the exercise you're doing and then measure your results. Is this uh, causing you to lose weight and is it making your blood labs healthier? If it is, you are doing the exact right thing for you and that diet that you've created and that exercise regime that you've created is working. If it is not, then you need to adjust one or more of these parameters. This is how it works. This is the only way it has ever worked. Jay, this is such awesome inter- <laughs> this is such awesome information. Okay, oh, so so the next question I have for you, because I know a lot of our listeners, they, they're totally tracking along, they totally understand this but they still need that extra push. They like need that little bit of a mindset part. So we have like four or five minutes left. Yeah, exactly. Can we focus on that? Okay. Absolutely, I can. So there's there's another law of metabolism, and I call it the willpower law. Mm -hmm. And it essentially, what research has now told us, and a lot of people don't realize this, but research has now told us conclusively that we used to think you either have willpower and motivation or you don't have willpower and motivation. You're either strong-willed or you're lazy, right? That's what we used to think. Now we know that willpower is an exhaustible resource. In other words, willpower is very much like a battery. Some people have the Energizer Bunny battery and some people have that old battery that's shorted out. So willpower is more like skill power. In other words, we can train our bodies to get bigger batteries and more charged batteries. Let me explain how you drain your willpower battery. The more things you try to do at once, the more self-editing you do, the more stuff you have on your to-do list, the more you, and this is really interesting, the more you berate yourself, tell yourself, oh, I suck because I ate that cookie, all of those things actually drain your willpower battery, making it less likely for you to be able to Uh, you know, have motivation and willpower in the future. And so what we want to begin to do is we want to begin to raise our willpower charge, our willpower battery. How do we do that? How do we make our willpower battery bigger? Well, one of the ways to do this is to work your willpower out the same way you work your muscles out. I call these willpower workouts. This is how it would work. What you want to do is you want to Pick a day when there's not a whole lot going on, where you're not running around with 10 different to-do lists and those kinds of things, and practice a willpower workout. 
you can do this by maybe ordering dessert at your favorite restaurant, something that a diet would never do. And the fact that they don't may end up leading them to eat more desserts later. And that's why we're trying to do this willpower uh, workout, because we want to strengthen your willpower so that when you see sweets, so that when you see chocolate, so that when you see these things that call to you, that you are uh, trained and your willpower has been trained just like your muscles have been trained. And so what we do is small amounts of exposures to these particular foods. I'll give you an example with myself. I used to be someone who would never order a dessert because anytime I did, I'd, I'd have to eat all of it. If you offered me Oreos, I would eat the whole bag. And so what I started doing is I started eating, ordering desserts anytime I was out with four or more people, which forced me to only have a few bites. And then when I was out with my wife, I started to order desserts all of the time and forced myself to only take three bites. She would take three bites, and we would leave the rest on the table. Now, the brain is really interesting. The brain is watching you all the time. You know how you watch other people, and you kind of judge them based on their actions about how you're going to be with them next time? Well, your brain does that with your own actions. So if your brain sees that you only take three bites of a dessert and leave the, the, the dessert on the table, the brain says, oh, that's interesting. I must be a person who doesn't eat all of the dessert and can leave some of the dessert behind. And then all of a sudden, your willpower battery enhances and grows. And next time, you're far more likely to be able to do that again. And before you know it, over time, with practice, you become like a naturally thin person who can have one or two Oreos or have a couple bites of dessert and not overreact to it because you have such a strong willpower battery. So that's what you want to do. It's a very different approach. You want to start working out and practicing with this concept rather than just avoiding. And before, I'll say one more thing, and then I'll shut up because I know we're running out of time. But the final thing I'll say about this is that the other thing that crushes your willpower is trying to do more than one thing at the same time. So don't try to you know, take your supplements and start a new diet and a new workout routine and clean up your house and take on a new job and you know raise the kids and do all this stuff you have to add one thing at a time and so typically what i say is choose one really walking is probably a good one to start with don't worry about these high intensity workouts yet don't worry about sort of the diet piece yet just get your walking under your belt make that part of your regime and that will Re reduce your heck response to a degree so that two weeks, three weeks later, you can add the next piece on. This is how research shows it works. I hope that's helpful for you guys. Jade, this has been so helpful. And unfortunately, we are running out of time here. But my gosh, this has been such great information today. And you've simplified it in such a way that I think everybody understands. So Jade, if our listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find you and where can they find your books? My company is a company called Metabolic Effect, and so MetabolicEffect.com, Metabolic, at Metabolic Effect on um, uh, Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram, and you can follow me at Tita on Twitter and Instagram as well. Okay, so for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to have those links in our podcast notes so that you can easily find Jade, his books, all of his products. Jay, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Dr. Kerry, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for your work. I really appreciate what you're doing, and thanks for having me on. 
All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Jade Tita. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.